For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by FL Montreal, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And uh, very looking, very much looking forward to tonight's program because uh, I don't think we've ever talked cars on this show before. Uh, we we have not. I mean, we've talked about you know we've done some events and all that, but uh, but not necessarily cars. And this one's a pretty interesting specialized car show that takes place in uh, Mirabel every summer, every June. Uh, they haven't even announced their their June 2018 dates yet, so they're going to announce it on this show a little later. Cool. And this is a bureaucracy. It's uh, they call themselves Canada's finest European automotive event, and uh, one of the largest uh, in Canada, if not the largest. And we'll talk to Rick and Jeff from Bureaucracy in just a second. Uh, can't wait to talk some some cars with them. Uh, also, towards the end of the program, we'll uh, catch up with Natalie Riviere of Pivizio uh, with some social media advice for entrepreneurs. But first, as usual, our news and notes, entrepreneurial news and, no, entrepreneurial news and notes of the week. There we go. Tongue-tied. It's, it is a Monday, Dan. It is it's Monday. Okay. Oh, it's, it's Mondays are long. Um, first, uh, I haven't asked you a piece of advice in a while, Josh, uh, as a uh, entrepreneur. We're going, to, we're, we're now starting our seventh year. Uh, I am as a business owner and, uh, Good luck. seven, seven's a great number. Lucky it's number not the seven year itch. It's a lucky seven. I, I hope it's lucky year seven. And, uh, so we've been splitting our, our time between two markets, essentially Montreal and Toronto for a while now. What advice would you give to a business that's trying to expand into other markets that is, that we're not necessarily as familiar with? And, and how do you make a name for yourself and gain trust in markets where people don't know you. Find a partner, find a strategic alliance, find somebody that's on the ground there that knows the market, that knows the players, that can give you any insight into that area. You know, there's a lot of people say, well, it's Montreal, Toronto, it's within Canada, it's not, the, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same, you should be able to know. But Montreal and Toronto are very different markets. Quebec and Ontario are very different markets. So that's that. That's somebody to have somebody on the ground to to ask them the questions. You know, hey, this worked in Montreal. Would it work in Toronto? Or this worked in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Should it work in in Montreal? And there's many things that could work, but a lot of things that don't. Take English French translation. You know, you could have a great slogan that works in Toronto, but try and translate into Quebec, and it just doesn't fly. A lot of times, you know, businesses also go well beyond the borders of the country. So it's not just Montreal, Toronto. It's how do we go from, you know, Canada to China or Canada to Europe? And that too, you know, if you're not going to devote the energy and effort and have the, the boots on the ground and the intelligence on the ground, then you better find that strategic partner uh, or actual partner or strategic alliance or something that's going to give you that added benefit. Because if you go in blind, you're basically going to throw out your money. Yeah, I get I get Toronto, and and I've I've been there for a while on and off. It's it's the West Coast that I find intimidating. It seems like it's just a completely different world there. People do business differently. The vibe is different. The demands are different. It's a different pace, you know. Every you know West Coast, East Coast. There's no question that the East Coast is a faster pace, and and things are on the move, and it's a lot more demanding. The West Coast, not that it's not demanding, it's just demanding in different ways, and it's and the the hours are spent a little bit differently, uh, and, and I think you just have to understand the culture and understand the, the the buyers or the consumers to know what direction to take. 
All right, some uh, entrepreneurial news now. This story is from Inc.com, how two women turned their grief into a business to help people in mourning. This is a very interesting story. You know, and, and thinking about, you know, the Bell Talk Day that's uh, that's coming up, they, they really were, were very much in tune with, uh, with, you know, health and wellness. And definitely, you know, when, when there's mental mental health challenges, they really said, you know what? There's not enough forums. There's not enough forums online. There's not enough places for people to reach out, even though there are a lot. I'm not saying there's zero. There's a lot. But but these two women really took uh, this this concept and said, you know what? We really want to make it that much easier for people with mental health challenges to get on board. So they created a whole website, and, and it's just easy access. You can connect with people. You can share your stories. Uh, you can. And then, of course... It, when you're setting up a, a, a website or, or any, anything like this, people are always saying, okay, well, how do you make money? Well, of course, you know, first you do it for the corporate social responsibility. There's no doubt, especially with mental health, uh, health issues. But once you get all the followers and the people in the forum and you collect your data and big data, then the advertisers might come to you or then the sponsors will come to you. Or you can go find them if, you, if you're collecting your data and you have all your, your stats and analytics. But first and foremost, they created this social responsibility. We see a lot of these coming up, a lot of, a lot of forums, a lot of really give back from, uh, from, from companies. And they created it into a business. And can't tell you how profitable it is or not. Uh, the article didn't go into that. But it, it's something that they, it, it, it's, it's, it's in the society, it's in the community, and they are just making it a lot easier for people to access. The website is called Modern Loss, and uh, the one thing I find interesting is that um, they they do a, they have a good content strategy, like many startups. And in this case, they found some influencers to contribute to the website. In this case, uh, CNN's Brian Stelter, um, who uh, you know wrote out uh, grief on their blog, and that I'm sure got a lot of clicks. So it's little things like that. You know, reach out to your famous friends and ask them to write something for your website. Once influencers. In a while. I mean, influencers play a big role. We spoke about influencers several times on the program in previous, and and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little later on with bureaucracy and Natalie. Uh, but if you if you can find that right influencer, then you can absolutely have your 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 likes and your hits and your you know the people that are really getting attracted to your site in an exponential format. Also from Inc.com, a four tips to close deals faster. Number one is go right to the to the decision maker. I think that's you know and and all four are important. But if you're if you're talking to some lackey, if you're talking to some you know number two, three, four, five, ten down the line. Where are you really going to get? I mean, they might be nice people. They might be trying to get ahead in their company. But if you're not talking to an ultimate decision maker or at least one step next to it so you can get to that level pretty quickly, then are you really spinning your wheels? Is the, is the bang for the buck really there? So to the extent you can talk to the actual decision maker, that's what you got to do. Otherwise, your deal is going to take a really long time to close. Don't email info at whatever the company you're pitching is. <laughs> no, call, that's right. Call them and say, <laughs> yeah. who's responsible? Get on the, you know, don't rely on email. You know, pick up a phone, uh, uh, walk into a reception if you really have the cojones to do so and, and get in front of somebody. Number two, make sure you understand their motivations. It's all about knowing your audience. It's if you don't know what makes your audience tick or what or what they're really looking for, how are you going to be able to pitch them? How are you going to know what pain button to push? Because everybody's going to you know respond to some type of pain. That's what they're looking to find solutions for, or to. But if you if you don't understand the person in front of you, then you could say whatever you want. It's going to sound fantastic, but it's going to be useless to them. Know your audience. Number three, prepare for objections. 
don't uh, don't underestimate the uh, the inquisitiveness and the, the the and and the way that people can challenge. I would say you're pitching something. Figure out whatever you think can, you know, holes that can be put in it or other questions. And I'm sure you've been questioned. If if you've if you've not tried your pitch among some friendly focus group or some friendly, uh, you know, recipients, then go do that first so that you can prepare yourself for all different types of questions that can come your way. Number four is a pretty interesting one. Create urgency. Urgency. This is interesting. If you, it, it, I understand it. Not everybody's good at it because then, then you're kind of becoming a bit of a, a pushier salesperson. So if you, if you have that quality in you that you can be, you can be a little pushier and say, you know what, this is this deal is on the table for the next forty eight hours or however you want to phrase it. Then, uh, then, then that that could work for you. Not everybody, and you know, if you want to pick on Canadians a little bit, we're a little bit softer in our sell. Uh, sell strategies but if you can create a little bit of sense of urgency saying you know what we have to deal with this soon or your pain point is going to hit faster you know if you don't do this soon you could lose 10 20 100 300,000 dollars but if you deal with this in the next you know before the end of the year or what have you then you can definitely find ways and lessen that pain point much much sooner so you're creating you're cre- creating a, a of an urgency can take different methods and different ways to, you know, depending how pushy or not pushy, but there's always ways to word that urgency. Uh, finally, real quick, uh, what did Old Spice do last night that's causing a stir? <laughs> Old Spice, if nobody's seen this commercial, and, and this was kind of on the Grammys, this was funny, the Old Spice basically put a uh, an ad together for the Grammys, so pretty much an English viewing audience, and they did an ad entirely in French. Hmm. No subtitles. And this and this ad that was, if you understood French, it was hilarious because the premise was that this woman, this beautiful woman in France, was looking, had lost her dog, and her dog was named Old Spice. So she was looking around everywhere and kept, you know, it was a whole French dialogue, but Old Spice was every sixth word, you know, looking for Old Spice, all in French. And it was hilarious. And this went on for a good 20 seconds. Ultimately, this guy is, is standing on a, on a ledge or on a, platform with the dog next to him and she's like oh old spice old spice and went to go hug him and just said old spice old spice so you just the connection of warmth and old spice and a guy it was absolutely <laughs> it, it, it was it was absolutely hilarious uh, and, it, and it goes to show you that you can be a little you know the question is how quirky can you go mm-hmm. before you cross the line or before it's kind of funny now if if you don't understand French, is it crossing the line because nobody understands a damn thing? The walls aren't high enough that uh, Trump put up there. But if uh, if you get the right audience, it can be absolutely hilarious. I'm, I'm all for absurdism in advertising. Entertain people. Entertain people. Uh, coming up next, speaking of entertaining people, we'll talk to the guys from Bureaucracy, uh, one of the biggest car shows uh, in North America. It's happening in Mirabelle soon. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 720 on CJD. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you this evening. And uh, happy to talk cars finally on the program tonight, Josh, after seven, after seven, nine no, years. Nine years, nine seasons. Have we not I, talked about a car I yet? I don't think we've talked about cars at all in this whole time. Here's a first finally. for everything. 
Uh, Rick DeCorpo and Jesse James, you're here from Eurocracy. It is one of the largest car festivals in North America, happening in Mirabel in June. Uh, Rick and Jesse, welcome. Hey, welcome. Thank well, you. So what else can you tell me about Eurocracy? Well, Eurocracy is Canada's finest European automotive event. Uh, it's a two-day show. Uh, we attract spectators from all over North America. We've had people flying from Europe. Um, and it's a festival for those who love everything about European automotive events, basically. We've got fans of uh, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, etc. Um, so people come to the event. We've got a uh, bunch of competitions that they take part in. Uh, there's there's lapping for those who want to go racing. There's quarter mile drag racing for those who want to drag race. We've got um, a show and shine competition, which is judged by generally a member of the media. Um, and even a limbo competition for the lowest cars. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone in there. And, um, you know, it's, it's presented by Unitronic. And uh, we just want to make sure that uh, everybody's aware that, uh, you know, we're here to have fun. Now, what, what, what type of cars usually come in? Is it really all kinds? Is it really from the, you know, kind of pimped out rides to the uh, Lamborghinis, McLarens? Uh, like, what do you normally see? So or, what you, or what have you attracted? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the way we started, uh, the way we started at the beginning is, uh, for sure, we were into the tuner scene, which is the modified cars. But we wanted to do a show that's available to everybody, and to be able to do something like this, I mean, you gotta attract everyone from the families to the you know the young tuners so basically it started by being a bit more tuners but today you know we have lamborghinis we have ferraris we have the modified cars we have base every section of cars that you can find on the market whether it's to race if it's to show and shine whether it comes on a flatbed it could be a beetle that you know a shop decided to cut in half and put two steering wheels on each side and do burnouts and just do circles a, a guy that came in is like yo i want a pool in my car <laughs> chopped the car made it a pool just driving around i mean every car is accepted it's a euro show so i mean yes it has to be european but yeah of course it's uh anything what's, you want to show up with what's been the most fantastic car they've seen the, the, the most modified kind of crazy decked out see our event you get both ends of the spectrum you got those people who will make like these really really clean beautiful cars um, uh, and you have people who will make like these really wild Mad Max style cars. So uh, it's on both ends of the spectrum. Like Jesse mentioned, you got people coming in there who are making swimming pool cars and people who are making uh, burnout cars uh, specifically for our burnout competitions. Uh, and then you got on the other side, uh, people who invest a lot of time and effort to make quality show cars. Like Unix, the car of Unix. Sure. Unix Performance makes great cars and they uh, they actually uh, are well known around not just Quebec but North America and the world for the types of cars that they build. And uh, so for us, it's more, um, we like to do this just to showcase the local quality, the local uh, cars and to make sure that uh, everybody's aware of what, you know, what Quebec has to offer. So we're a long way away from sort of the, the Thursday night parking lot at Julep, right? I mean, what's what's going on at Eurocracy? Well, I mean, it's actually where it started. I mean, we, we, we started at Julep going there every Tuesday, me, Rick, and Sergio, Sergio, our third partner. And we used to go there, handle out some flyers and talk to people. And, you know, it was cool. But now it's like, come to Eurocracy. I mean, it's a weekend event. And the fact that we attracted so many Americans and people outside Quebec, it's it's not just come to Eurocracy. We're a family. We're we're like that place that you want to go because we're going to introduce you to Montreal. Like the people that come from the state, they arrive over here on Friday night. They have an hotel lot with a parking lot that's secured by Garda. They have a bus that comes and pick them up at 10 at night that brings them to the club because we don't want them to drive drunk. We don't want them driving a modified car into Montreal. 
picks them back up, bring them to the hotel, come and spend an amazing weekend at the event, spend time with friends, meet new people that share the same passion and go home happy and come back next year with more people, you know? So this is more than just the car show uh, at Mirabelle. This is this is really a whole weekend plan that you that that you guys have created. Now, what was it like in year 1? Was it like that or did it evolve? Yeah, that that one is cool. Like <laughs> year 1 it was that was the concept, but like I just said, the big hotel in the parking lot, it was actually a small ghetto hotel in, <laughs> in Blainville, and there was four cars with New York license plate, and me, Rick, and Sergio, we ran there like, oh, my God, like, wow. It was like, for us, it was such a moment of, we attracted people. International. Yeah, we, we became international that day, you know, and today you're talking about thousands of people and more cars that are outside Quebec and more from the States. But, I mean, yeah, it started with that same idea, we brought these people, but we brought them hand to hand into, you know, a local dealer and to the F1 track, into a club at night. And today it's just, it's, it became big and it became like an event of itself to, to go around town. How many participants were at your first show? Oh, I, I, I could probably, I could probably count them on one hand. <laughs> under, under, under a thousand. I mean, in the five hundreds. Yeah, I was. Uh, I started small, but like I said, like which track? Which track did you start at? So we started at Saint Eustache. Uh, we've been uh, slowly, uh, we've been slowly changing from uh, track to track as we've been growing. Uh, now we're at Icar. Um, so something to keep in mind is that even though we started small, we we expanded, we kind of snowballed, and we got bigger and bigger as uh, time went on. Um, at so what point do you make the decision to change track? Is it just a capacity? We capacity. actually we filled up. We filled up uh, Saint Eustache. Then after we went to Napierville, and it also becomes you want more space, and we wanted quarter mile. We wanted to do other events, and Icar was the best thing. And to go back to the first event, just so you know, it was pouring rain the day of the event. So we wake up at five in the morning, and two pouring rain not just like that little rain and we go there and it's like wow is there gonna be people and there's a lineup at 6 a.m so i mean it's it's crazy and yeah today there's lineups the night before just so you know <laughs> we'll have uh, more with uh, rick DeCorpo and jesse james of eurocracy uh by the way guys uh, you want to announce that maybe after the news we'll announce uh, what the dates yeah, are for, for sure, for sure. The, this definitely year? so that's coming up eurocracy taking place uh, in the mirabelle area it's a car show more with these guys plus more on social media for business on the way For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36, welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and F.L. Montreal's Josh Miller with you. And Josh, later we'll talk a bit about social media with Natalie Riviere from P. Vizio. But first, uh, chatting with Rick DiCorpo and Jesse James. That's his real name, right, Jesse? Yeah, uh, yeah. Of, <laughs> of, of Eurocracy. It's a annual a motorsport festival up in Mirabel. And uh, we're talking about uh, racing and drag racing and burnout. I guess it's the rubber screeching yep. thing. I'm a novice at this, but uh, guys, first off the top, um, you want to make an announcement? When when is the festival this year? Yes, yeah, so Eurocracy is going to be held on June 16 and 17 at ICAR, and uh, we're ready, we're ready to go. So uh, come one, come all. Tickets Bring are available on. right now on Eurocracy.com. How did you guys get started in this? So it all started. Basically, we used to actually. Uh, We've always been car passionate and, you know, before the whole social media thing, it was, you know, people going back to forums. So we were all members of a forum called Montreal Racing, which was, you know, the community of Montreal. So we ended up going to shows in the States that they have the biggest 
shows for Volkswagen down there, they're known, and it was Waterfest and H2O. So we got there, and I was sitting on the balcony looking at modified cars drive by, and Rick just looks at me and it's like, man, we don't have nothing like that in, in Montreal. So I'm like, that's it. Monday morning, you come over, you know, we're going to talk. And that Monday morning when he came over, we, 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 we brought Sergio in, which is our partner, and we said, let's start something like this, but let's, let's, let's prove it. Because we have quality here, and why do we have to drive down 10 hours to go show them what we have? And especially when you are able to have Quebec people win at these places, it's like, let's show them. So that's why we had a good idea. And then the same day, we launched Air Society, which is today the biggest air suspension website in the world. I mean, it, it, we use that as media. We have over 250,000 followers on Instagram. So, I mean, yeah, it just started just like that. And look where it is today. I'm really curious about Air Society because this is something that I've, I've appreciated about social media for a while. It's something that, that I've called micro niches, where you have something that's super, super specific and it's not good for like a local market. But when you put it on the Internet, wow, you track people from all over the world, right? So Definitely. air suspension, how, why is that so so fascinating for people? You know, like Jesse mentioned earlier, we go to a lot of events all across North America. And one thing that we saw that was uh, becoming more and more common was people who were putting air suspensions on their cars. So air suspensions are a way for uh, cars or car owners to lift or lower their cars at will. And it's a way for them to control their the ride height of their vehicles. So when this uh, trend started popping off on the internet, you know, we said this we got to be ahead of the game and we got to take control of it before someone else does. So we started Air Society as a way to um, advertise this type of new uh, trend in the industry, and um, yeah, it basically got bigger and bigger and bigger, and it is where it is. It's at uh, today. Would you call that one of your better marketing efforts that you did for Eurocracy? Well, well, it it all started at the day that we decided to do that is like you're talking about the same year that the transition was done into like Instagram and you know I mean that the whole social media network changed and we used that to our advantage and you know we we wanted to capitalize on that so I mean we grew our fan base and yeah it was one of our biggest I mean Air Society on the first month we had people ordering stickers and stuff from Indonesia from China from Hawaii so I mean it's like wow. And then when you actually say you're going to start bureaucracy in something local, oh, these are the guys from Air Society. You know, I used to go wash my car at the car wash and the guy's like, oh, you have Air Society stickers. You know, these guys. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, they're from Cali. No, it's me. <laughs> you know, so it's like, no, but it, it feels good because you, you put on something and people don't know behind the computer who it is or what the effort you put or what it does. So that, yes, yeah, social media helps you. But if you don't put the effort into it, if you don't put your whole, you know, your whole mindset and everything into it to, to be able to grow like you said into a niche or whatever it is well it, it won't grow by itself right how much how much effort and time and, and energy is it is it taking up uh, it's a full part-time job <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tired just, to answer just maintaining the social media and, and, and all that <clears throat> yeah definitely I mean uh, you got to be really active nowadays uh, you really have to be posting up content uh, at least once a day for the uh, for the for the basic people looking to get involved in something uh, it's not gonna it's got to be quality content you really have to know who you're you know what you, what it is that you're selling who you're targeting um, you know what what do these people want to see what are other types of influencers in the industry 
posting? How are they posting it? How are they writing? What, are, what kind of language are they using? So all of these things come into effect when it when we talk about um, posting up content on social media. It started Did once. You? It started once every hour. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you seek out influencers? Uh, well, so right now, as of now, not really. So for the most part, uh, we uh, this past year we worked uh, with uh, actually a very popular um, YouTuber called Crispy, and he was well known in our industry in our niche. So uh, when it came to seeking out influencers, uh, he was at the top of our list and uh, he loved everything that we had done with the event. So for him, he already was aware of what the event was about, how you know what kind of content he would get uh, when he would post up videos and stuff. And uh, I think that what we did as a to, to, to build up to that moment is something that helped sell the idea and the concept to another influencer such as this person. Now, just switch gears a, a little bit. I mean, it's a, it's a fun event. Everybody, you're out there to have a good time, but there's no question it can be dangerous. So safety has got to be, when you guys are setting out to create this event and to and to make sure that it is, as you, as you said before, Jesse, family-friendly, uh, you know, it's not just all about the cars and making money and, and, and this. There is a safety aspect to it. What did you guys, uh, I guess, learn over the years from your first one where you could count a few people on one hand to now where you're kind of over 10,000 people? That's got to change over time as well. A hundred percent. And the main fact that when we decided to do an event, <clears throat> sorry, when we decided to do an event, it wasn't to do it in the parking lot. It wasn't to do something. We wanted to do an event, bring it into a safe place. Already when you go to a track, these people have a track. They're set up for a track. They have insurance. I mean, they have we, we, we have ambulances and all that stuff. You have your own insurance, too. Yeah, right? we have our own insurance. We have ambulances. And, I mean, you're on a place that's already secured because that's what they do. And then after, it's up to us to ensure the safety of the people. And that's what we do by... By offering that that show that there's families and everything, the, the crowd is a bit different. I mean, there's people. It's it's where you go get these people and how you promote your event. I mean, we're not the show that's gonna promote, you know, the the burnouts in the street. No, it's actually you know what you want to do a burnout. You come to an event and it's into a safe place that's secure with security outside and you know. So no, I have no doubt that we, our event is safe. Knock on wood. I mean, you know, nothing bad has ever happened, but we. We make sure that it's like that, and we're always going to make sure that it's like that. And don't come there expecting to do something stupid, because you're going to go back home. You're going to you're going to get kicked. A hundred percent. And we're going to be the ones that's going to go there and that's going to talk to the person, mouth like face to face before explaining them that what you just did doesn't make sense because there's families around, there's other people. I mean, and if you don't understand, well, just go home. You know. At the at the beginning of the program, you know, Dan asked the question: If you're going to go to another market, you know. Uh, you know, what are you going to learn? Whatever you guys, you know, you 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 saw this stuff in in the states, uh, Waterfest. You were saying you 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 brought or you created your own event in Montreal. What's potentially next? Do you see do you see uh, you know a void in different places around the world for the for this type of event? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've started outreach in uh, Dubai of all places, so we have bureaucracy Dubai. Well, there's now. a few bucks there too. Well, <laughs> there's lost a lot of sand, <laughs> so we need to make sure that we uh, we we reach out to areas of the world where they have um, not just people who are interested in cars, but people who um, are able to appreciate the same kind of things that we appreciate. Um, so, for example, we, ha we have another event that we host in the United States called Afterfest. Um, so, we're, you know, we're expanding. We're looking to uh, get into different uh, markets that actually mean something to us and mean something to our spectators. Great. So this event this year, June? June 16, 17 at, at ICAR. ICAR.
Awesome. And honestly, you don't want to miss it because every year people know we always bring new stuff. There was always something crazier. There's always something bigger. We're there. You're going to see. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen, right? You never know because there's always something more crazy every year and people actually know. And that's why they, they keep, they're intrigued. You know, what are they going to bring? Today was going on the radio. That's cool. But the day that you're at the event and you step in that track, you're going to come. You're going to see. Uh, we're, we're <laughs> I know see you're it. cool. You'll be Absolutely. cool with us. Absolutely. We'll be there. <laughs> Rick and Jesse from Bureaucracy with us on Today's Entrepreneur. Coming up on the program, uh, you'll have their one piece of advice for Today's Entrepreneur, plus Natalie Riviere from Pivizio on how to up your social media game. That is next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you for Today's Entrepreneur. And we're chatting with Rick DeCorpro and Jesse James of Eurocracy. Their one piece of advice for Today's Entrepreneur is coming up. But first, we welcome back Natalie Riviere from Pivizio to talk about uh, social media marketing. Welcome back, Natalie. Thank you so much. And Josh, we were talking about this, what I referred to as a micro niche earlier, which is really great for social media. You know, you can't sort of necessarily have a retail store here in small Montreal that specializes in just air suspension. But if you put that concept on the internet, you can really find a big community of people around the world. Not only that, but you know, you could create different brands and hit different groups, but still all related. So kind of, kind of turn to Natalie uh, and, and you kind of, you heard a little bit before there's bureaucracy has their social media brand. Uh, and then they also have air society. What's your take on it? What, how do you view that? I think it was really smart of you guys, actually. I was uh, wondering when you deal with like a seasonal event and a seasonal community, um, I think it was brilliant to evolve it into something that was Thank a you. topic that year-round has interest. Uh, and also, it seems like you're doing a lot more advertising and sales online through that brand, so it kind of keeps the integrity of your festival uh, and gives you another outlet to explore different techniques and hit different communities with. It definitely has got to take time and energy and effort. I mean, not every entrepreneur can sit and start managing different brands online. So, uh, what's your what's your advice? What are the challenges that uh, that that could come up? Yeah, well, I'm also really happy for you guys because it seemed to have happened super organically. It's I guess a bit different if you're starting from scratch and you want to build these different venues and channels separately. A lot of brands are picking different channels, especially on social. You can dilute, and in my opinion, as much as possible. A lot of social accounts are good if you're finding your community and you're able to keep them up and have them keep your reputation strong. Uh, however, I would normally recommend to keep them all within one website. And even if you wanted different brands or different looks, you can do that through subdomains and literally build what appear to be separate websites, but through the same place. So all the traffic and buzz from social, all the conversion can help your one brand that you own. So you can really leverage the tools that you don't own for what they're worth and what their potential is, but then bring it all home to something that you own as an entrepreneur and as a business. Is there such thing as too little posting, too much posting? Uh, does it depend on your brand and who's out there, number of followers? Any guidelines or is it really case by case? Well, in that case, it's really community and, and you're responding to the community, responding to the need. Uh, generally, people who don't have these strong communities can use social just to get found in search engines and then you want to just put yourself in the mindset of someone Googling you and what would be the minimum you'd have to do to keep that up and keep a good impression. Whereas 
in your case, guys, you have a solid community. Yeah. You need to respond to them and, and they're there. You have an active audience. You you might as well use them for Especially as much niche. as... Yeah. Did, did, it, guys, did, it, did it take you long? Air Society that has about a quarter million followers, did yeah. it take you long to build that up? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it took time, especially like when, when we were saying before, you take something niche and then after you have the beginning of social media. So now you have not also to push the content to show people that niche thing that you have, but you also have people that are not even on Instagram now. I mean, right? I mean, the, the whole Instagram after the Twitter, then this, that, you know I mean? So we had to put everything into there and that's when you were saying you post too much or you don't post enough but then you start having more followers more followers and they appear from everywhere in the world so every hour every six hour i mean there's always somebody new so your content could be a lot if you're just in montreal because it becomes annoying if you open every time and you have post every minute but i mean when you have somebody everywhere in the world they have something new yeah. to see every time they open their, their feed, you know? The beautiful thing is that you have analytics online so you can exactly. find out and you can also test. This is not like very big overhead or costly to try different things. So I always encourage demand-driven business and demand-driven communications. Exactly. And with uh, the stats you can get online and the feedback, it's pr perfect for that. If you're an entrepreneur and you're not sure which platform you should concentrate on, you know, be it the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, the LinkedIn, the Google Plus, the whatever have you. What do you think? Where where should they look at first? It depends on product, service. Yeah, the four like base ones that are really stable, I'd say that I usually encourage to be on regardless are Twitter because it's PR now and it's where you can make your uh, statements, uh, manage your press relationships at the very least. But big events actually usually have a hashtag and everyone follows them and is used to that. Um, Facebook because it's Facebook. Uh, some people still, I'm actually not even recommending Facebook. It really depends on your niche. Um, otherwise, LinkedIn and Google Plus because Google Plus is directly what shows up in search engines. So even if you just set it up, it's a, an advantage for you. Otherwise, you really want to look to your actual brand, your industry. Um, for sure, health, fashion, uh, cars, <laughs> strong on Instagram, and that shows in your <coughs> results. Um, I think you guys were on Facebook at the right time, and you got your groups, and you got the momentum there. The older community uh, is still going to be there for a very long time. <laughs> why do you look at me? Why? <laughs> why? Seriously, I saw this. I saw this. <laughs> I'm feeling attacked. The kids aren't on Facebook anymore. Sorry. The kids. No. I got more gray hair than you. You're still good. <laughs> Honestly, I but, think it. I think it comes down to what your brand is, what your company is, who you're targeting. Uh, if you're a B two B or B two C company, you're gonna know what to target and what not to target. Um, don't waste your time or effort on on social media. If that's maybe not the best approach. Maybe you need for to, you guys. No question, it was Instagram. It was. It was. You have 100%. no choice. We're a visual. It's a visual brand. It's very. Uh, we need to reach our demographics. Our demographics are all on Instagram and Facebook. So we need to be where our spectators are. There's no question we can talk about social media forever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thanks a lot. But as we approach the last moment of our show, uh, each as we do each week, we'll turn to both uh, Rick and Jesse and ask you guys, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Uh, I got to say, uh, don't neglect your family. <laughs> the, all of this turns into a full part-time job. And uh, without your family and friends uh, helping you and supporting you, you're probably going to go nowhere. And I think that the, the bigger we've gotten, the more dependent we've been on our family. So uh, just make sure that you don't forget uh, you know, everybody that uh, so worked beautiful. with you and helped you get to where you knew you are. It almost sounds like one of your family members told you to say <laughs> My wife, Leah, she told me if I don't mention her name on the air, she's there you come. go. I'm not going home tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and you, Jesse, what would you were your one piece of advice? For Honestly, like, you know, I, I paired up with friends before anything. And we, we asked all our family, 
it comes down to this. We're a big family. I mean, it does sound maybe weird to some people because, yeah, you, you can talk about success, about money. And, yeah, the baseline is find something niche. Find something that, you know, you don't see every corner and then own it. And, you know, people expect that everything's going to fall off tree. No, you got to put effort into it. You got to work hard to get something. And, yes, if at that moment something comes up like us, yeah, true, Instagram was there. But it was there for thousands of people, millions that didn't do nothing with it. But, I mean... Put, put a lot of effort into it and like rick said i mean we get older we have families we have kids we have stuff i mean you, you gotta you, you gotta stay tight with everybody and you gotta work together and try you know you have partners we are three when there's two of my friends against me when i have an idea trust me i'm not very happy but i'm like you know what they're my boys i love them <laughs> not for now and but there's, and there's definite there's definite love and passion in there that's right in their voice and in their hearts so thanks a lot guys great rick to you guys uh, rick DiCorpo and jesse james of bureaucracy again and the dates for the June event? June, June 16, 17, 17 at ICAR in Mirabel, and it's sponsored by Unitronic. <laughs> Check them out, Eurocracy with a K. Thanks to Nally Rivera of Pivizio as well. Uh, Josh, next week on the program, what do we have up? Next week we have Whisk. This is an online bar inventory system. Ooh, Very interesting. cool. Very good. Uh, join us next week, and don't forget you can go to flmontreal.com to check out almost nine years worth of entrepreneur profiles in the community section there, flmontreal.com, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you.